Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to Trans Planar RPG. We are an all transgender, people of color led, 100% homebrew, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition live streamed actual play campaign set in an original non colonial anti orientalist world. I am your game master, Connie, my pronouns are they, he, and she, and this is my cast. My name is C. I use they, them pronouns, and I play Okahaye, an Asamar blood hunter slash monster hunting expert. I'm Erica, and I play V Shurzo, your lovable elf sorcerer slash charlatan with draconic ancestry. My name is Lyra, and I use they, she pronouns. I play Manaya Wairua, a half-orc fighter with a sailing background. I'm Max, my pronouns are they, them, and I play Dewey Quirk, an Aarakocra artificer and researcher on the run from his former employers at the Ohanahi Research Laboratory. You can support Transplaner RPG by pledging to our Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res assets, and much, much more. You can also support us by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps immensely with getting new listeners to find us. So, with that out of the way, here are the content warnings for this episode. Content warnings for this episode include hallucinations, disreality, familial trauma, toxic parents, descriptions of gore, fantasy violence, death, flirting, kissing, and romance, bombs, and explosions. Arc 3, Episode 7. When you fall, do it gloriously. In Yesterday I Was the Moon by Noor Unahar Oka You stand in the middle of a mirror maze. The shaded greenery and mournful bird song of Clothau jungle has long since fallen away from your environment, fading into non-existence like wisps of a dream. And now... You're in the midst of a waking nightmare. Your mirror self, long-haired, unscarred, steps out of a mirror. As they do, the leather armor they were wearing gives way to the long, silken robes of Tulongan royalty. This is who you could have been. This is what you should have become but you didn't. Your two selves are reflected tens, dozens, hundreds of times in the vibrant mirrors all around you. And then this long-haired Oka, rather, Makoya, lifts Dream Hunter the Emperor's sword and points it at you. And then bing, 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 one by one, the eight sacred runes along Dream Hunter's blade light up. And Oka... As your mirror self approaches with a dream hunter drawn, how are you feeling? Well, isn't that a question? Uh, I think o- o- Oka stumbles back 
you know, I think the last thing that they did was they had tried to shatter this mirror and the reflection grabbed the sword, which is not normal at all. Uh, not that they were really expecting this to be very normal, but this it's still startling. And I think they like almost like a cat away from water, like just jump back like a few feet uh, and probably like bump their back against another mirror where they like turn and look for just half a second as the reflection comes back out. And they, sh they shake their head a little horrified, I think. No, 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 this is, what the fuck is this? And your mirror self speaks. I am Makoya Hien, secondborn, scion of her imperial majesty, daughter of heaven, lord of 10,000 years, the dream blessed. You are wicked. They brandish the point of Dream Hunter at your heart, and I will give you no quarter. Roll initiative. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, God. 11. What's your initiative modifier? My initiative modifier is a plus three. Uh, they also get an 11. So, roll again. 18. Okay, they got an 11 again, so you go first. I don't know actually if Oka attack. Well, they say I will give you no quarter. Um, and that puts Oka a little bit on the defensive, I think. Um, so I would like to ready my parry. Uh, the I believe I still have the blood sword. Oh my God, what is it called? Uh, Culling edge drawn. Does, I guess I'll call the Makoya also have a blood weapon? No. You are gonna use your action to ready a parry. They lunge. What is your attack modifier? God, uh, uh, for culling edge, it's a plus seven. Okay, uh, what is your AC? <laughs> 15. As they bear down on you with Dream Hunter, right? The blade is like a flash of light as BAM! I think uh, your, 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 the blood blade uh, collides against the silvery edge, right? Uh, so they were originally going to deal 10 points of slashing damage. So why don't you use your parry to reduce that? Uh, seven by seven. So just three. Okay, describe to me how they get through your uh, defenses a little bit. I think the blood blade is uh, weirdly slippery uh, and Oka like raises it very quickly. So I think the blade like slides and kind of like nicks them in the hand uh, as Oka also like jumps back. I love that. Uh, Makoya, I think... Gives you no quarter. Bam, 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 bam. I think this is uh, displayed through like a exchange of blows, right? Uh, Dream Hunter, they whirl around and bam, hit you again with Dream Hunter. And I think you're immediately on the defensive. They're backing you up against like a mirror. And I think your back bumps against like the glossy hard surface of a, of a mirror behind you as there's nowhere else for you to go as they're bearing down on you. They have perfect dueling form, right? And as they bear down on you, they say, huh, is that all you have? Pathetic. If Oka is backed up against a mirror, uh, and as Makoya is coming at them, uh, they also, I mean, they have perfect duel, you know, they're really good in a duel, which is what this is, but this person is, well, obviously better. But that also means that Oka knows how to fucking fight dirty, uh, and they're starting to get a little mad. So as I think Makoya takes like the next jab at them, Oka ducks. The culling edge uh, comes down and out, kind of around their uh, elbow as well. And they jam that into the mirror back uh, to have like the glass like kind of rain down over them. 
and they're just gonna take like a full body lunge to Makoya's like waist to try to also like like get them down uh, and hopefully knock the sword out of their hand as well. Okay, make a let's say strength deception check. I would like to use a point of inspiration because I think that would technically be a negative roll. Oh boy. Okay, yeah. Let me take one off of you. Sixteen. Plus two, minus two. Sixteen. Oh, so that's a plus zero. Okay, 16, not bad. Uh, so you shatter the glass behind you. Shards uh, leap out uh, from this crater you've created with your elbow. Uh, and you see McCoy flinch a little as you run forward and you tackle them. So make a grapple check. Uh, that is going to be your athletics versus their uh, dex. 12, I think. What is your acrobatics modifier? My acrobatics modifier is a plus seven. Okay, that is not going to be sufficient. Would you like to use inspiration? No, I don't think so. Okay, so I think what happens is you manage to tackle McCoy around the waist, right? And you sort of bull rush them backward, right? Uh, and they're like, oh, you know, as like they go backward, you know, and their beautiful silken robes are now like smeared uh, with like the blood that's coming out of your body because you're a blood hunter and there's so much blood just leaking off of your skin. Um, and you ram them, I think, into a nearby mirror, right? Uh, but then you experience like an earth shattering, head splitting, bludgeoning pain sort of at the base of your skull as they crack the pommel. Um, of Dream Hunter against against your head. So I need you to make a constitution saving throw. 10. Okay, that's not quite going to be sufficient. Would you like to use inspiration? I sure, just one, I suppose. Okay, that was worse. Uh, I'll take the 10. Okay, sounds good. 10 is meh. So I think what happens is you're going to take a little bit of damage. Uh, you are going to take, let's see, five points of bludgeoning damage as bam, that pommel knocks into your head. Uh, and I think you, for like a split second, you're stunned, right? Like that's the condition you take. You're just you're just reeling their stars, uh, the first stars since the cataclysm, right? Swimming in front of your eyes uh, as you reel, right? Uh, and you hear... Makoya uh, speak as they sort of distangle themselves from you. And they hear their voice circling you predatorily, like they're a lion, right? Circling a wounded lamb. And they say, Is this what I would have become? Disgraceful. Whatever swayed me from the path of good, I'm glad I get to strike down my shadow self. Uh, I think Oka, like, coughs. You know, they're like, (laughs) Fuck you i never fucking strayed from the path of good i did this to protect your my family a true heir of the emperor would know that the second born's life is of more value than some 16th born if you were any person worth holding that fucking sword you'd know that your sisters are what is most important to you my sisters My sisters died, as was their destiny, and I survived. And because of that, I am worthy. And Makoya brandishes Dream Hunter, uh, and the runes begin to light up again. Any last words, scum? Yeah, I have a few. Get fucked. And it's rage time, baby. It's rage time. I'm gonna roll the d20. And I am going to lose 12 maximum HP. Would you like to use inspiration to re-roll that to get a lower roll? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if I can. I've been rolling for shit so far. Oh, that was an 18. That was cute. Uh, okay, so um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I need an, uh, can I reverse an auto crit if it's on the board? <laughs> I don't think we have one though. It is not on the board. We have six points of collective inspiration if you'd like to use one of them, even though you're out of personal. I'll use just one, one more. Third time's a charm, right? Okay, that was a four. Okay, hey, 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 hey. That was a four um, as, okay, yeah. I'm gonna lose four maximum HP as huge peels of red lightning just come crawling up from, I think where Oka maybe is like staggered, kind of kneeling. They just come absolutely like exploding out of them and like all the way like up through the, I guess, ceiling of this place. Like, and mirrors like, sh like mirrors just shatter. Uh, and I'm also going to use my radiant soul. So like two huge uh, like white wings, uh, like absolutely just fucking crackling with electricity. Um, and Oka, that that is their last word. Okay, yeah, as Vinash bursts out of you with the fury of a shattered god, uh, Makoya sort of sh brings up Dream Hunter to shield their face, right? As like poof, poof, red electricity starts leaping off of your skin, right? Like tendrils lashing at you. Uh, and Makoya just goes, huh, you're not the only one with tricks up your sleeve. And wings sprout from their back as well. Uh, as these two Asimar, right, face each other down, you are equipped with Vinash, Makoya is equipped with Dream Hunter, and the two of you, I think, attack each other, right? And bam! On the explosion of the edge of Dream Hunter meeting the bloodied blade of Culling Edge, we cut to a roller coaster. We cut to the Angel's Choice, shuddering down a wooden track. The last scene. <laughs> Wind gusting at the cheeks of the only rider on this coaster. Manaya, you sit in the front seat. Shell shocked, your face and jacket spattered with warm, wet blood. From your vantage point up in the air here, lighting up the darkness of the burgeoning night, you see the carnival. Sprawling all around you are acres and acres of colorful fairgrounds. A bustling midway teems with game booths. Performers breathe fire and swallow swords. And of course, a massive Ferris wheel towers over everything, bright lights glittering along its many wooden spokes. Manaya, as you sit there in the first car of the coaster, the safety beam still up, right? I think your seatbelt, like, raggled and half-torn against your waist covered in other people's blood. How are you feeling? Tempted to say overwhelmed, but it's more than that. Manaya was overwhelmed when the stars went out and she was met with a giant vomiting monster covered in chains. Manaya was overwhelmed when she had to protect two small children. Manaya was overwhelmed when she first saw death that she could have prevented. When I was overwhelmed when Vinash entered Oka's soul, she was overwhelmed when she literally died. She was overwhelmed when her mother died. She was overwhelmed. She's been overwhelmed for months. 
with no break. And this is where she breaks, I think. There's just too much going on. There's too much at stake. There's too much that she has to do and she can't do any of it. Okay. Uh, Are you still, based on how you described your reaction, right, uh, last session, uh, it seemed like you had reverted to your big big self, right? Do you think you're going back into a childlike demeanor or do you stay big? No. Okay. What does it look like as you break down? Are you crying? Are you shell-shocked? Manaya is crying, but she's not crying in any way that she's cried before. It's one of those really tense, shaking cries where she knows she can't get out. And so she's just grasping the safety bar um, or like the side of the car and her whole body is just racked with sobs and just shaking as tears stream down her cheeks and fall past her armor. Okay. Manaya, the carnival drops out of you as your coaster pulls back toward the docking area. Right, you hear the wheels go as it like Oh, that was it. I thought there was more. Uh, That's the first round. Your mother, Kahealani, stands by the controls as you pull back into the docking area. You see a big smile splitting her weathered sailor's face. And your father, Napua, bounds over to your side. Right, and he's he's all giddy. He looks proud, right? And he doesn't seem to notice you're crying immediately, right? As he like bounds up to you, he goes, oh, good decision, honey. I mean, five instead of one, that's a toughie, but the coaster was gonna run them over anyway, so hey, 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 hey. What's wrong? Mother, father, where am I? What is going what? I can't. What are you what is this? Kahelani turns and also comes over to you. Both she and Napua look really concerned. And I think Napua gets in to the coaster with you and like puts puts an arm around uh, around your shoulder. Kahelani walks over, puts a hand on your other shoulder and says, uh, your, your mother says to you, oh, Honey, this is the angel's choice. It's, it's not easy. We're not going to sugarcoat it. It's very, very hard. But only someone pure of heart has the bones, the spine, the guts to make these hard choices. Not pure. I can't do this. What are you talking about, honey? And this is your father in Apua, and he's like looking, looking concerned into your face. Well, of course you are. You're, you're our best girl. The choice you made, not pulling that lever, that was a good one. You shouldn't feel bad about it. You should feel good. Manaya, would it make you feel better to know that the people you ran over, I mean, they weren't the best of people. One of them was a murderer. The other one was a kidnapper. Another one operated an illegal beast hunting ring. They've all got, I mean, in a sense, and Dake's better off without them, don't you think? Mommy, I want off this ride. Can I go, please? Oh, honey, darling. Uh, and both Napua and Kahelani embrace you, right? And they, like, they kiss your forehead. And then Napua gets out of the seat, like, away from you. Guest steps back onto the dock. And Kahelani says, Well, 
We won't force you to do anything you don't want to, but Manaya, the truth is, we've seen a lot of people trying to come on here, and you're the only one who's worthy. But you can get off if you want. It was just... Well... <sighs> Nali's on the next run. Can you just do it one more time just to save her? I can't do it. Your father can't do it. The ride won't move for us. And there's no other way to get her off the track, so just... Please, just one more time, Manaya, for your mum. Whatever the cost, save her. I'll do it. For mum. She's in trouble, right? Yes, she is, and you're the only one who can save her. You know what? For okay. you, honey, I'll put it on fast. Not faster or fastest. Thanks. Thanks, mother. I appreciate it. Of course, darling. This is Napua. We love you. So just make sure you stay in the ride. And he clips your seatbelt back on and lowers the safety guard back across your waist. Naya's eyes close at the, at the click of the seatbelt. Um, and she sort of looks away from both of them. All right. We love you. We'll see you on the other side. And then we can just be a family together. Just like old times. That's right, Manaya. Just like old times. And then Kahealani pulls the lever and the angel's choice takes off again. Makes its slow, eking way up the slope of the tracks. And you see the carnival again. You see the Ferris wheel. You see the midway. You see the performers, the fire, the lights, the smells of food and, and magic in the air. And as you go up, right, uh, I think a breeze drifting against your face starts to like dry the tears uh, that are still slick against your skin. As you sniff, and you steal yourself, right? You see the lever in front of you. Uh, and you, you're like, okay, you, you know what you have to do. You have to pull it to change tracks. You reach the top, and you hear Kahailani's voice come over like the, uh, the magic speaking stones that are attached to the poles here. And she says, All right, since it's on fast, darling, you'll have ten seconds to decide. Not so bad, huh? But we, we both know what you have to do. Pull the lever. Okay, Manaya, just pull it. Yeah, Manaya reaches for the lever, looking ahead at the tracks. Okay. And you see, because it's, the, it's on the slowest mode, uh, the slope has somehow gotten taller. Right to to like uh, compensate for the ten seconds it'll take to like hit the bottom the nadir of the ride. So it's kind of hard to see like what the choices are. Right, uh, you see that the track that you're on has a single figure at the very bottom, and then to divert there are three figures. Right, that are sort of like leashed together, but you can't really make out their their faces. And then the coaster starts going down. Ten seconds in. Nine. Eight. Seven. And around the seven-second mark, make a perception check. Sixteen. Okay, you can make out all four figures clearly. The one that's strapped to the track that you would run over if you don't pull the lever is Nali. Uh, she looks like she's maybe unconscious, right? She's sort of like stirring a little bit, uh, but she's not fully, fully cognizant quite yet, right? And the three figures strapped to the track that you would have to run over if you pull the lever are Oka, Dewey, and V. 
And as the timer counts down to six seconds, Oka, what do you say? What do you scream up at Manaya? Manaya, please, no! You can't! Please! And as it counts down to five, Dewey, what do you plead? Manaya, you have to protect me. And as it counts down to four, V, what do you shout? Manaya, save your friend V! And as it counts down to three, Nali's eyes flutter open, right? You're so close. The coaster's rushing. There's wind gusting at your face, at your hair, at, at you know, wiping away the blood from the, from the previous ride. Nali looks up at you and she says, Manaya? Manaya, it's you. Oh, please, please pull the lever, please. We could be a family again, please. Manaya, we trusted you. Please save us. I start to tear up, but she wipes them away really quick and she becomes steel faced as I'm going to erase one of my marks as she says out loud. No. This isn't real. Mom's gone. Nothing will change that. And Manaya turns the lever to the middle and snaps it off. You snap the lever off. You've removed yourself from this decision. The coaster's gonna go where the coaster's gonna go. I put it to the middle in hopes that Manaya could like sacrifice herself. Like the, the track is stuck so she like the roller coaster flies off. And doesn't hit any of them. Oh, interesting. Okay, I think that is... is idea. Okay, okay. If that's your intention, I think that's going to take a, a check in that case. Okay. Uh, why don't you give me a strength sleight of hand check? Fifteen. Fifteen. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you a hard choice with a fifteen. Mm-hmm. So what that means is, yeah, uh, it will work, but with unexpected consequences. Uh, so the potential consequence of this is it'll basically get stuck and you'll lo- basically you'll like get launched through the air, I think. Uh, but you have the seatbelt on and the um, the safety bar on, right? So the force of the, the the coaster stopping so fast might cause structural damage to the Angel's Choice, the entire track. Are you willing to accept those consequences? Yes. Okay. You force the lever to the middle and there is an almighty, like, explosive noise, right? There's the sound of, like, metal and wood splintering and groaning uh, as this car just smashes to a halt. Uh, And I think the coaster flips off of the track from how hard the stop is, almost like it's hit a brick wall, right? Uh, And the uh, coaster, the entire snake train of it, like, falls off the track and sort of, like, just just crashes, crashes uh, onto the ground. Yes, Manaya. In the air, in slow motion, Manaya looks at her mother and her three party members, all of whom she trusts with her life, and with tears maybe flying through the air behind her, she mouths to all of them, all of you, I'm sorry. Goodbye. I really like that. I think what happens is it's sort of like a... uh... Yeah, the back of 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 the, the of the coaster, the the last couple of cars like fly off the track and they sort of like somersault over you, and then everything's just like swirling, just air and just like the land. Everything's like just going akimbo all around you, and you you smash, you smash into something hard, right? Uh, and the last thing you see is the rest of the tracks collapsing. You see your friends falling through space, still still like tied up in rope. They're not 
they're not run over by the car, but they're, they are falling down uh, from from the elevator tracks. And you also see Nolly falling. Everyone's falling in just a cavalcade of debris um, and, and track and, and poles and cars. And uh, what are the last things uh, that you call up at Manaya, Oka, as, as you disappear, you're swallowed by this debris? Good choice, Angel. What about you, Dewey? That wasn't one of the options given to you. Okay. And last but not least, V, what do you call up at Manaya? I love you so much, Manaya. And finally, Nali falls, right? Um, but as she does, her body seems to disincorporate. It just sort of like turns into just like fluttering leaves, right? She was never there. And then you hear her voice sort of fluttering on the wind as she disappears. Manaya, you... But you could have saved me, couldn't you? You could have split the princess. And... Right, this last tendril, this last claw of the carnival trying to dig itself right into your soul as it... She disappears in an explosion of leaves. And Manaya, I think uh, the world for you startlingly just goes black as you hit something really hard. Uh, And on Manaya going to black... We are going to cut now to Dewey. You crouch at the base of a massive bird cage where your wife, Uwalani, your daughter, Hana, and your friends, Oka, Manaya, and V, are trapped inside. A huge watch is wrapped around the bars of this cage, counting down at the exact same time as the bomb strapped around your feathered wrist. Tick. Talk. Tick talk and coming from everywhere and nowhere at once you hear music the chipper dissonant wheezing of accordions the glossy braying of trumpets the peppered rat-tat-tat of snare drums and this manic soundtrack sort of coalesces in the background as you dig through a chest You're sorting frantically through tools, parts, equipment, scrap metal, trying to find some way, any way, to disable the bomb that threatens to kill the people you love. And as the timer is counting down on your wrist and on your family's cage, how are you feeling, Dewey? I think um, at first Dewey's like, kind of trying to stay clear-minded about it, Uh, like digging through, looking for the things he knows can, the tools he needs. Um, and as the ticking gets more into his head, he's just like desperately, like frantically just digging through the box, any looking for like like crowbars, hammers, things that he can just use with brute force to take it apart. Yeah, you find everything you need. You find hammers, wrenches, crowbars, screwdrivers, etc. Even like uh, automated, right? Like whirring implements that you've only really ever seen at the URL. Right. And as you're like finding all these things and laying them out on like the workbench near you, you're trying to find brute force way into this cage to disable the bomb behind you. The myriad paces this arena, right? Dressed in a glittery sequined ringmaster suit, his dog teeth are polished like knives. And then he produces a whip and cracks it at the ground. And the crowd around him lets out a like they're whooping and cheering they're excited right um and the myriad turns to you and with a grinning snarl says come on now cardu put some pep in that step give the people a show you don't want your family to die now do you aren't you supposed to be a paragon 
Start acting like one. Save them. I never asked for this. I didn't want to be a paragon. I asked. didn't want to do this to them. Asked for this? Asked for this? Oh, Cardu, Cardu, Cardu. You think I asked to be born a demon? And with that, he lashes his whip at you, not to smack you, uh, but to grapple you. Are you going to try to resist this? Yes. Okay, yeah. uh, so make a grapple grapple contest. That is going to be be slippery, roll acrobatics. Six. That will not be sufficient. Would you like to use inspiration? No, that feels about right. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Uh, the, the end of the whip curls around the wrist that doesn't have the bomb watch on it, right? And then he pulls you toward him, make a strength save. Twelve. Okay, that is also not going to be quite sufficient. Uh, would you like to use inspiration or would you like to keep it? Let's keep it. Okay. You're pulled in, sort of like a dancer, right? Like, but reverse getting pulled toward your dance partner. Uh, and the myriad of poof, you whirl through the air, right? Uh, as you like stumble toward him, uh, your feathers like just getting fluffy and you just sort of see like the crowd whirling around you as your eyes sort of become like these like, ooh, like dizzy saucers. Uh, and then he catches you almost in like a dip uh, as, as you get to the myriad. Um, and he says, I never asked to be a demon, but he sings it. Uh, and then like these spotlights come down, right? On the myriad and on you, right? And like the crowd just sort of fades away as everything turns black. Uh, it's just the spotlights on you and him and the illuminated birdcage with Uwilani and Hana like in it, right? And your, and your friends banging on the bars. never asked to be a demon You never asked to be a hero These were the hands that we were dealt I guess we're both down on our luck Altanger doesn't give up Stop! Why are we singing? Servants of fate Bound to our deaths Seething with hate Just call it kismet I never wanted I never asked for I'm not prepared for How do I- Stop! Run it back. I never asked to be a demon. Never asked to be a demon. You never asked to be a hero. Never asked to be a hero. These were the hands that we were dealt. I guess we're both down on our luck. Altanger doesn't give a fuck. Not a single flying fuck, my dear Dewey. The crowd is like standing and clapping and whooping and cheering, right? And like roses are like being thrown down, right? And the myriad lets you back up. And he says, oh, I'm so sorry. That ate up so much of your time. And as you look down at your watch, you realize, Foop! oh, you've got 30 seconds left. Chop, chop. I scramble back towards the cage. The tools. Okay. As you do, Oka, who is pounding against the bars, appears enraged at the fact that you stepped away for a musical number. Oka, what do you shout at Cardu? Come on, Cardu. This is way too easy. We're not even real. Just let us die and save yourself, you horrible little bird. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, and sort of cutting in at the end of Oka's sentence, Uwilani grabs the bars and says, No! Don't listen to them, Cardu! Please, please! You have to save me! You have to save Hana! Please! It's, uh, just... It's the least you can do! You abandoned us! That's right, Dewey. You already abandoned them once. It would be easy to do it again. 
Come on, you're a bad dad. You're a bad husband. One more time. <laughs> For what, a mirage? And you hear the uh, crowd go, encore, encore, one more time, one more time, right? Uh, and to sort of like cut in on this agreeing with Oka, V steps up to the grills of the bar and says, I thought you were supposed to be smart, notch, notch and watch. Come on, Cardu, you were supposed to be smart. <laughs> And joining this chorus of voices is Manaya, agreeing, saying, Dewey, it's my job to protect you and the others. Just save yourself, please. I'll make sure they're okay. Dewey, what do you do? 20 seconds left on the clock. Dewey drops everything for a moment and, like, slaps his, uh, hands, wings over his ears. And he's just, like, uh, whisper shouting, like, Shut up. Just, just figure You know how to do this. Figure And then he picks up the tools again. Yeah, he's going to just try, like, uh, wedging a crowbar under there and, like, putting his whole weight on it and just, like, trying to pull the metal thing off the watch. Why don't you make me, under duress, a tools, a tools check, right? Uh, so just roll plus your proficiency with tools. And your dexterity modifier, if you have one. 17. Okay, that's going to be pretty good. You're going to have enough. A 17 is enough to save one of you. Either yourself or the cage. Would you like to keep the 17 or try to uh, re-roll that? So you can try to save both of you in this time, time frame. Is that enough? 23. 23. Okay. That is sufficient. That is sufficient. Congratulations, Cardu. Uh, you grab this wrench who do you save first? Yourself? Put on your own uh, oxygen mask? Or are you going to try to save the cage first? Uh, the cage specifically, Hana. Okay. Yeah. You go up and you start like, like, describe to me what it looks like as you're like dismantling the bomb from the cage or just blowing the cage open. I think they're just like segments of like a, like a watch and they just come, he's just uh, pulling one after the other off and like throwing the pieces to the side and wrote, uh, running around the side of the cage to find the door. Okay, yeah. You rip off, I think, a, a chunk of the cage, right? A, a small one, because you don't have that much time, but it's enough to get Hana out of the cage, right? Even if you don't dismantle the bomb from it, right? Uh, and Hana goes, Daddy? Uh, Daddy? Uh, and reaches out her little, like, stubby toddler arms for you, uh, like, grasping, grasping at you. Do take her? Take her. Okay, you grab Hana. Okay. And Ulani is close behind, but she's like, Cardu, uh, this, this hole isn't big enough for an adult. Can you, uh, can you make it bigger? I will try my best with my one arm, because okay. my other's around my kid. Exactly. You're holding Hana, who's going, what's, what's going on, Daddy? What, what's happening? Where are we? It's okay. You're safe. Okay. Well, this place is really loud. What's that smell? Like candies and apples. Uh, and then you hear the myriad behind you go, oh... Cardu, you're a good father now. That's unusual. No, 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 no. That won't do. You see, you're not supposed to win this. And he snaps his fingers. Uh, and the second hand on the watch on both bombs speeds up and counts down to five. Right. Which has basically negated your successful 23. And in these five seconds, Hana's like looking at you, right? And Ulani's going, 
Cardu, Cardu, your watch! You have to save it! Hana's right there! Dewey's gonna hug Hana as tight as he can, and then shove her away from me, and away from the cage. Okay. You shove Hana really hard. She goes, ah, ah, what are you doing? Dad, but... As she reaches out, but she's, she's out of range, right? Of the inevitable explosion, right? So in like the five, four, three, the final seconds, right, of you and this cage going off. Oka, what do you call out to Cardu? You could have saved all of us, Dewey. You could have. What does V say? I thought you'd be able to think of the solution, Cardu. I thought you'd be able to think of a solution. And finally, what does Manaya say? Mahu's waves flow through us, or flow through our blood. So I thought. Okay. Dewey, you got one more second left. What do you do? Do you just brace? I tuck my watch, watch arm underneath me, and I turn away from the... I turn my back to the cage. And in the, f- the last second before both bombs go off, you just hear Ulani go, <laughs> Typical. And you explode. And on Dewey exploding, we go now to V. V, you sit on one side of a long wooden table, surrounded on either end by other prospective speed daters. Fireflies drift through the night air, their shimmering light bringing out the green sheen on your cheeks. You smell meat roasting from food stands, and you hear laughter as attendees of the carnival stagger through this bustling midway, drunk on fun and love. And sitting across the table from you, silhouetted by the light from a nearby torch, Sievert Rathstone. He's dressed to the nines in his sharpest suit. His scales are polished, his golden tooth is gleaming, and his eyes are fixed on you. He wears this soft, open expression, one you haven't seen since... Well, I don't think you've ever seen this look on Sievert's face before. As you gaze into the eyes of your ex-lover, this man who betrayed you, who hurt you in a way you'd never been hurt before... V, how are you feeling? Well, right before this happened, I tried to dimension door out of there and it put me right back in the seat. So, I also don't have much magic left. I'm a little low from all my tricks at the at Kane's tent and and trying to get out of this earlier. I'm out of luck. I'm very short on sorcery points. Um, so I'm a little bit concerned for my, I'm, V's talking to herself in her mind. She's saying, you've had to get out of situations like this. You've, you've had to, you've just keep your cool. We get, we got this just, just, and like, there, but there's also this part, like just her mind is just spinning a hundred miles per hour while her frontal lobe is like just trying to like keep her calm and like stay present to what's going on and like looking at all the details around her. Like, is would you say this is a large table, a huge table, or even huger table? Oh my god, V. Uh, I would say this is a 
large table. Okay. In that case, V is going to cast animate object on the table. Okay. And just give it, because I can mentally talk to the objects I cast it on, just, I'm going to give it the command to defend. <laughs> okay. Um, and from there, she's going to turn her eyes to Sievert and be like, Oh, love of my life, what a pleasant surprise to see you again. You said your name was Veronica? I don't believe we've ever met. Hold on. And Sievert picks up uh, the stem of a complimentary wine glass right nearby and like sips at it and says, Hold on. Wait, yes, I, I do believe I might recognize you. We used to mean a lot to each other, didn't we? You know, maybe I meant a lot more to you at the time than you meant to me, but, you know, here we are finding ourselves. I've found myself, V. I know who I am, I know what I'm about. Do you? I know exactly what I'm about. I... Survival, you know? That's what we do. V, that is so one century ago. You should grow up. And I think on that, ding, like a bell goes off, right? And everyone on your side starts to get up and shuffle over to the next person. Um, and Sievert just sort of goes, mm, that's a no for me. Sorry, darling. To sort of like reject you as a speed dating prospect. What do you do? So I'm looking around... Are people expecting me to get up and move to a different table? Is that what's going no, on? No, to just move to the seat to your left. Okay. Um, well, in that case, V is going to stand and just give the table the attack command to just fly at Seabird. <laughs> you love your animate objects. Okay. I, I yeah, never I, thought it would be my favorite spell when I selected it. <laughs> okay, I think it works. The entire table picks itself up, right? All the complimentary wine glasses, all the tapas, all the little appetizers and kimchi and porridge bits that have been set out go sliding off, right? As the table just hurls itself. Uh, in the process of hurling itself at Sievert, it also hurls itself at everyone else on Sievert's side, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone goes, oh, what the? And there's like this commotion, you know, like birds take flight, like these doves that were perched nearby, like to like set the mood, like take off, right? Um, and the human man who is sort of like the, the MC, right? The master of ceremonies who's in charge of this goes, oh, why I never, uh, as the table gets up and is about to, it seems to be about to like squash the other side, right? And it, Sievert is, is, you don't see Sievert anymore because the table tips over. But then the table stops tipping over, sort of at like a 45 degree angle, right? As someone on the other side grabs it, right? You see like these two like gray fingers grabbing it and poof, set the table back down. As standing where Sievert stood is Rev uh, as she puts the table down, right? Like her, her arm muscles sort of bulging. Uh, Let's give, let's give the fans what they want. Um, and she sets, sets it back down, like her cape of feathers, like fluttering around her. And she looks you dead in the eyes, V, and says, V, what'd you attack me for? I, you weren't there a second. I didn't attack you. I was, Sievert was there. Remember we, we made a pack. I was attacking Sievert. Oh, 
Sievert, huh? I don't see him anywhere. Is everything okay? Do you not want to do this? I thought this would be fun. Uh, no, let's, let's go ahead. Let's, yeah. And V's like awkwardly looking around, like taking the next seat in front of Rev. Okay. Uh, as you do, like everyone else is sort of like giving you angry looks, you know, angry glowers. You know, this woman is like, like, oh, and I just got this dress pressed the other day and now it's got wine on it you know she sits down and you sit down as well and the human uh, MC just goes well okay again I'm gonna reset the clock because we did lose a little time from that little hubbub I do ask that we not animate the table please thank I, you I, it wasn't me it was someone else I, I'm innocent uh huh uh huh we've got your our eyes locked on you uh, as this like human man walks away, you sit down across from Rev, uh, who addresses you and says, "Well, this is a funny activity for a date, don't you think?" You know, I I wouldn't this wouldn't be my first pick, but um, it's nice to see you again. <laughs> it's good to see you too. Uh, I guess we might as well just go along with this, right? So, uh, what are your hopes for the future? Uh, well, you know, I'd like to avoid Andake completely getting destroyed by lack of gods and goddesses apparently in the sky. But I thought you didn't believe in the gods. Oh, you know, it's... It, I'm... I'm in a... Let's just say I'm finding myself right now. I'm, I'm a little confused by all of this. And do you like what you're finding? Some elements. You know, I've found some friends that I enjoy and I've found you that made me happy V if I proposed would you say yes well you it's, it's, uh, that's certainly a uh, that's a heavy commitment that's uh, um, you know we, we've only known of each other's existence for a few months and um you know, it, there's a lot going on in life right now. It might not be the, the, the best of times to propose. I, maybe something a little more romantic, like, you know, uh, some type of victory ceremony we could be proposed to. I, you know, I've always thought it'd be something a little more special than, than at a speed dating table. I was, it was mostly a hypothetical fee. I, and like a look of deep sadness falls over Rev's face. And she says to you, V, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and especially now that I'm with the Raven Queen, it's made me realize a few things about myself and what I need, and frankly, what I don't need. You're a sweet girl, V. You are. It's just... You're a little too, um unattached for me I don't know what you're so scared of I, I thought I'd proven myself to you by now but I'm starting to realize that it's really not me it's you no one can ever really be good enough for you I think not your mother even on her deathbed you resented her not your father who you never gave it who you never believed in 
not your friends? I mean, how long did you hide the fact that you were working with the chrysalis from them? And, I don't know, just the, th the things you do, you're so impulsive, but at the same time, you never open up. I don't know if I can be with someone like that. He's crying. Uh, Do you feel like you'd mark a box from that? Yeah, that's a box. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, V's definitely crying and... Rev, just don't... Why? I don't know what this place is, but it's, this is all just... This isn't real, this is, this is just... I... Please, just... I haven't felt this way about anyone in a long time. Please don't. This isn't real. And, like, starts sort of self-soothing, uh, rocking herself a bit. The tears and stuff are making her very internal right now. Okay. Um, and she's just gonna, like, yeah, I think cry for a little bit there. Uh, how many boxes are you at? I've currently got three ticked off. Okay. Uh, as you sort of say this through your tears and you look back up, it's not Rev's face you're looking into anymore. Rev has changed. And you're looking into the face of your mother. And she's sitting there across from you, right? And like all the noise, the hubbub, all of it just sort of falls away. And all you can really focus on is your mother's face, this plank of wood between you and the fact that you're sitting across a table from each other. And your mother is, she looks sickly, uh, like she did, like she always did, right? But she's not bedridden here. She's, she's upright. She's looking at you. She cocks her head to the side and says, Oh, Vasanti, darling, just because something isn't real doesn't mean it's not true. Can't I give me a hug, please? Oh, honey. And the table sort of just vanishes, you know? It's of no consequence anymore. There's just space between the two of you. And she, like, holds out both of her arms to embrace you. Do you go forward and hug your mom? Yeah, if he's gonna get enough... Still just a mess of tears. Uh, but then, yeah, get up and take a moment. Again, just eyes. Her green eyes just are glowing through these tears. It's almost as if, like, this final, like, ghost, like, pushes her into her mother's arms, and she reaches around and tries to hug. And as your mother hugs you back, she strokes your hair as you're crying against her shoulder, and she just whispers into your ear, Ah, oh, honey, you've ruined me, you know that? You never believed a word I said, but everything I said was always real. If it weren't for you, your father would still be with me. I'd still be the ruler of a clan. I'd still be rich and noble. But then I had you. And you ruin everything. Everything you touch, V, you destroy. And you realize as you're holding on to your mother, like your fingers are grasping onto what feels like these like thick black molasses almost, right? Like where you're touching her is almost like turning into this hor horrific like sludge. Like she's, she's melting away in your hands. 
V is going to actually squeeze the sludge harder and closer and say, you're absolutely right, mother, and cast fireball, like, in the spot that they're hugging. Centered on yourself? Mm-hmm. There is an explosion of light as two Osimars collide in the middle of a maze of mirrors. Dream Hunter's blade glowing with divine radiance smashes against the blood red uh, blade of Culling Edge, which sprouts Oka from your arm. You gaze into the double pupiled, furiously gleaming eyes of your twin. Mokoya Hien, the drow you should have, could have, but didn't become. Perry Perry Dash Strike. It's two perfect duelists fighting each other, each at the peak of your physical and athletic perfection. But Mokoya has an advantage over you, one that you can't shake. And that is that they don't hate themselves. Every strike they land, every blow they parry from you, they do with such unshakable confidence and faith that what they're doing is the right thing in their face. That You can't help but wonder, when have I ever looked like that? Really? Oka, what do you do as the two of you clash? Oka is kind of letting Vinash fuel them a little bit, trying to like keep all of those like nails, those hooks out of their mind so they can focus. Like they're trying so hard to focus on just this fight that they keep, like every time the blades like clash, uh, they know that that's theirs and it fucking hates them. Like this dream hunter. Uh, and they're rem- they can't focus. They just can't focus. They can't get into, like, the true battle, and they're just letting the rage make them a little sloppy, I think. You are sloppy and furious, and Makoya is able to back you uh, up again. Uh, They're on the attack. You're on the defense pretty clearly, pretty obviously. Uh, Your guard is sloppy. You're wide open. They're able to land a couple of glancing blows, like, on you, right, Uh, with Dream Hunter. Uh, And as they continue to attack you and push you backward, right, they say to you, a broken god inside of a broken person. It almost fits. Uh, I think Oka just snarls and, like, tries to, like, lunge, uh, like, at a, uh, probably not a place where, like, duelists, like, in a joint, you know, uh, which I don't think is, like, a proper dueling attack, I suppose. It's not, but Makoya just parries it, like, with just contempt. They just, like, they just flick their wrist, and Dream Hunter just, like, glances Culling Edge away, and they go, huh, your little tricks, your profane magics, your blood maledicts, these little evil rituals, these profane sacraments you do, nothing will give you the power that I have. Look around you, uh, and as they speak, other figures appear in the mirrors that are reflected all around you. So joining your two dueling forms, you see Yaya's face, your youngest sibling. She's standing there, staring, watching wide-eyed. And this is seven-year-old, right? Not the 14-year-old Yaya you met in Convergence. How does seeing her shocked face make you feel? 
Oka grinds to a halt, like immediately. Uh, like they almost like drop out of the air because I think this is like a semi-aerial battle. You know, they like uh, they just they just stop, uh, and I think that there is like a, a body slam coming for them. Like as soon as they like lock eyes with Yaya, like in kind of like shocked horror. Yes, uh, I think you lock eyes with Yaya and you, you drop your guard. So Makoya comes pummeling down, right? Uh, and I think just like punches you instead of like attacks you with Dream Hunter, just socks you in the face, right? And you stagger backward, you hit the ground. I think like uh, your, your feet land on the ground and you stumble, right? And on that collision, you see Yaya start to cry in the mirror. And she just goes, Yaya, a monster! There's a monster! And she turns and runs, crying, and disappears into the mirrors. Was she pointing at me? Yes. All right, that's box number three. Yeah, I'd say so. I think this whole thing has been a bit of a box number three to go. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. And as Yaya turns and runs and disappears into the depths, the reflected depths of the mirror. Wait, Yaya, wait! (laughs) Chasing your own sister away with how monstrous you've become. What kind of an older sibling are you? I'm not. I'm, I'm not. You're scaring away the only people who might have understood you. It's small wonder why they won't. Why they never will. Look at you. And Makoya steps toward you. They're not even, like, lifting their sword at you anymore. Like, you're not even worth killing. Just look at you. Broken. Collapsed. Covered in blood. What is this? You look like something torn out of a cultist's handbook. And then another figure appears in the mirror. Walking forward, you hear a voice go, Yeah, yeah, it's okay. There's no need to cry. What's wrong? Where's the monster? I... And you see Liang Ya with those thick spectacles, right? She's standing there clutching like a, a stack of books to her chest. And she also freezes when she sees you on the ground with Makoya standing it. Above you, pointing Dream Hunter at your throat. What do you do? Oka looks up with hope in their eyes. And they look at Lianya. Lianya, help. Help. I, I don't know if I'll make it. And they're almost somewhere else, too. They've said those words to Lianya before. You have to help me. Please. And Liang Ya responds with familiar words, too. She drops the books, right? They clatter, like, to the ground. And she, like, claps her, like, ha- her shaking fingers over her mouth. Like, her eyes go wide under her thick glasses. And she goes, oh, I, I don't know what's going on. It's, it's trying to talk, I think. Uh, but it's awful. Oh, the noises it's making. Makoya, you have to help us. And Makoya, standing over you, says, Don't worry, Liang Ya. I'll save you. And Liangya turns and runs and disappears into the multifaceted reflections. What do you do? Oka stares after her in uh, shock or empty kind of shock. They just kind of like watch her go as their wings uh, kind of just like, uh, like almost like sizzling uh, start to fade uh, and just turn into dust that kind of like piles like ash. Uh, in a line on either side of them as they disappear. And you see Liang Ya's figure, I think, running across the mirrors, you know, like 
near you and like the many mirrors reflecting you almost seem to see like the uh, shimmering mirages of trees and bamboo stalks right like appearing here and there like in the mirrors all around you liang ya runs and then she collapses against toya in the reflection and you see yaya also like clutching at toya's skirts you know scared hiding behind it and toya has like both of her arms out and this is the second eldest sister she is just a few years younger than you Right. She's standing there. Her hair is in this no-nonsense ponytail, right? Um, and she's putting on a brave face, even though you can tell that she's really scared, like her knees are shaking. And she's staring right at you, Oka, through the mirror. Oka kind of like uses like the last bit of energy and like the electricity is still like cr crackling, but not with so much power anymore. They like stand up and I think they even like shove past the other Makoya to like try to get closer. Toya, Toya, I'm here, I'm here. I, that's, there's something wrong with it. It's corrupted, I think. You have to kill it. Makoya, you, you have to kill it. It's going to kill us if you don't. No, Toya, I already, I already did. We did already, we did. Don't worry, Toya. And this is Makoya speaking the mirror self that you, you, you brushed past. I'll take care of this. Take the girls and run. And Toya in the mirror, and Sambaya and Liangya all nod, and their eyes all land on you, Oka, and their faces are just full of fear and disgust. Looking at you like you're nothing more than a monster. And they turn and they run and they disappear into the mirrors. What do you do? Wait, wait, stop! They're not! It's not! I'm not! I'm not! But you are! And this is Makoya. And they've begun like circling you, right? Like Dream Hunter's still aloft, right? But you're no longer in the middle of this huge clashing battle. But you are! You are a fiend. You're a scum. You're a beast dredged up from the depths of the hells, here to torment me until the day I die, or until the day I strike you down. Too long is better off without you, and Dake is better off without you. Then what am I even still doing here? Makoya. And appearing in the mirror, sitting in her wheelchair, is your mother. Arden. Her hands are clasped on her knees, and she is looking at you, Oka, with an expression of pity. Not the pity a mother would give to a child with a skinned knee, but a kind of detached pity that you might give a two-headed calf that's born that you know will die, that you know must die. And Arden says, McCoya, stop playing with your prey. Just put it out of its misery. Wait, Mom. I'm right here. Uh, Makoya, don't... Don't let it near me, okay? Don't let it hurt the girls. Yes, Mother. But you said it wasn't... You said it... You... What? And Oka backs up a few steps. And as you back up a few steps, Arden just sort of like shimmers and begins to disappear, right? 
in the mirror, you bump against a mirror, and you turn and look, and your reflection is not your own. The face that looks back is a Telian. Antlers, a dragon-like snout, but there's something so, so wrong with this Telian. Its eyes are black, and this strange golden black, like the void of stars, right? Blood or some sort of golden liquid is pouring out of its nostrils, out of its eyes, and it's snorting this sort of like golden mist uh, that seems to corrupt the very air it touches. And you realize it's you. This thing, this monster is you. What do you do? Well, I'll go ahead and check another box, I guess. Um, but Oka screams with the same terror that they felt when they were 17 years old and had never fought a monster in their life, never picked up a sword with the intent to kill. And they scream and they fall back onto the ground uh, and like pull themselves on their elbows, uh, like lifting one to try to defend themselves uh, from the Telian. And Makoya strides forward. Their shadow falling over you. And they say, Yes, mother, it's time I put it out of its misery. I, Makoya Hien, second born, rightful child and scion of her imperial majesty, daughter of heaven, lord of ten thousand years, the dream blessed. I wield dream hunter. You are wicked, and I will strike you down. And they thrust Dream Hunter through your chest. I don't even know if Oka makes a sound. I think it's more like the scream just chokes. They like just go quiet. Uh, and I think like their shadow fell up. So like from the back to the front, and they look at their image reflected in the mirror. Wordless. And you see yourself, not the Tevian anymore, but just yourself, scarred, bloodied, with a sword, your mother-father's sword, speared through your chest in the exact same place where the Tilian had gored you. And as you stand there just like shell-shocked with the sword inside your body, Makoya Hien, their duty done, releases the hilt of Dream Hunter and walks back into the mirror. And before Makoya Hien disappears into your reflection, they say, Holy beasts only attack when provoked, and the Ti Lian strikes down evildoers where they stand. You were meant to be struck down, because you are evil and you are a monster. And on that, Makoya disappears into the mirrors. And Oka stares after them. Empty. I think on that, we cut to Manaya. The last thing you felt was this mighty crash, right? This huge explosion, this cavalcade of steel and wood and pain and fury and recognition. Right? And then your world just sort of went black. 
when you come to, right, your head is aching, right? Your, your body feels banged up and bruised, like you really did just crash like a high speed roller coaster, right? Uh, and I need you to mark one level of exhaustion. There are six levels of exhaustion. Uh, at level one, you have disadvantage on ability checks. Uh, and you can only clear exhaustion through like a special spell that says, I think it's greater restoration or lesser restoration, I forget which, uh, or by taking a long rest. Manaya, as you come to, sort of like your eyes fluttering, all around you, you see the shattered remains of the angel's choice. This huge track has crumbled, and there's nothing but just debris, right? Uh, like the aftermath of a typhoon or an earthquake. You don't see anything moving in the debris, just you. Just planks of wood and twisted wrought iron. What do you do? Manaya closes her eyes, and her body goes slack. Mark another box. What are you at now? Four. Okay. Five. Okay. As you close your eyes and you go slack, you feel the princess stirring inside you. You surrounded by the wreckage, right, of the angel's choice. And the princess sounds like she's been crying. If a demigod can even do such a thing while residing inside your soul. The princess just goes very weakly and feebly. I... I, Manaya, I... I thought she was real. I... I thought she was there. I... I'm so sorry. I... I did that to you. I... I did that to both of us. Princess, please. Manaya's thinking, but even her thoughts are shaky. There's nothing either of us could have done, and there's nothing we can do. I'm sorry. She's really gone, isn't she? I'm sorry I took you. I'm sorry I let her go. I'm sorry I brought you here. I should have... I should have given you back. No, that... That shouldn't have been your choice to make, Manaya. I... I should have done it. I should have but split myself. But it was. It was my choice. The wrong decision. Manaya, I... I don't know what to do. I miss her so much. There was so much that I wanted to say to her. Our story wasn't done. I... We had so many more adventures to go on. So many more things to see. So many more things we wanted to teach you. And I... And she's... And she's gone. And nothing is ever bringing her back. I'm sorry. And I'm saying this out loud now, and she's just repeating. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And the princess is sort of like crying along with you, just saying, repeating over and over. It was my fault. It was my fault. It was my fault. As the two of you just sort of like crumble there, I think, for a bit and cry in the middle of this desolate destruction. After a few minutes of this, Manaya's racking sobs calm down a little bit. And one last powerful 
thought with a different intent this time. Princess of Leaves, Emissary of Sen, God of Change, Daughter of the Queen of Seasons, I'm sorry. And she gives up. Are you marking your fifth box? Is that what that means? Yes. Okay. We have our first character taken by the carnival, and it's Manaya. Manaya's had her eyes closed for most of this, as she lies in the rubble, supposedly pinned down maybe by some rubble, or by the twisted metals of the train car, sort of, almost strapping her to the ground. She could get out easily, but... But even though her eyes are closed, there's a part of the rest of her also closes. Her soul closes. Her body goes slack as she accepts that nothing she'll ever do will ever fix anything. She's always made, always made the wrong decision. She's been responsible for so much pain and death in this world, and she's tired. And... She doesn't push the princess out, but as her soul fades to black, so does it open. And there are no thoughts, just the feeling of, Princess, I've failed you. I don't deserve you. And I would understand if you left. Okay. I really like that. Why don't you have inspiration for that? Silver linings, am I right? Um... I think as you're just there, you're like in the pit of despair, right? And you've accepted that all is lost. There's no way out of this. You failed the princess, right? You've given up. And as you hit that low point, a hand rests on your shoulder. And then a different hand rests on your other shoulder. And you smell the waft of sea breeze and the gentle scent of magic. And you hear Kahealani on one side and Apua on the other. And they're sort of, they talk at the exact same time, addressing you. And they say, Oh, Manaya, our darling child, don't you see? There's no point in fighting. Is there? Just come with us. We'll take care of you. We'll love you forever. We can be a family here. We can be happy here. Here in the carnival. That's right, Manaya. And a third voice joins them. And this voice comes from directly in front of you. And she smells like autumn leaves, right? And all the seasons mixed together. And your mother, your mum, Nali, cups your chin in her hands, and she gently opens your eyes. Do you let her? Yes. And you look into Nali's kind, beautiful, understanding face, and she's wearing that crown of leaves, the same one that you have tied around your arm, and she's smiling at you. And you're no longer in the middle of a destroyed, broken carnival ride. 
you are in the middle of a bustling midway. There's happy people walking around, all around you. You see people lining up for different kinds of coasters, not the angel's choice. You see that giant Ferris wheel just like dominating the entire eastern sky to your right. And it's like your parents are there, like they've taken you to the fair, right? And Ali smiles at you and says, Come on, Manaya, why don't, why don't you stand up? Why don't we go have some fun and not think about all the hard things that are out there? Yeah. Manaya effortlessly stands up to her full height of four feet, five inches, grabs her three parents' hands, and skips away. Okay. And on Manaya, child now, skipping away into the carnival, right? We are going to cut to Dewey. Dewey! You are Dewey Kablooey. Uh, sorry, I could not resist that. Uh, Dewey, you have exploded. You've blown up. The last thing you did was shove Hana away from you you failed to disarm the bomb on your wrist and the bomb around your family and your friends. So I think you're just, you're flying through the air, right? Like this explosion is so massive, it just flings you through the air and everything falls, falls away from you. Everything is, is blown white, just this blinding, cascading white light. And then you smash into the ground. You smack against something really, really hard. So I'm going to need you to just take a little bit of bludgeoning damage here. Uh, you are going to take 10 points of bludgeoning damage as your body crumples against this really hard surface. Dewey, as you slide across this hard, just this gleaming surface, your eyes are closed, right? But there's this blinding white light all around you. What do you do? Um, I think for a couple of minutes, he's in that, like, like, between consciousness and unconsciousness, um... He knows he should wake up, still so tired, and everything hurts. Um, and then I think when things get quiet, he opens his eyes. You open your eyes, Dewey, and you realize that the cold, hard surface that you've skidded against is actually the bottom of a birdcage. And there are bars rising up around you, right? And you're suspended in the air. And you see the same crowd as before. They begin to float back into existence, right? They begin to solidify as you blink your eyes and this bright light fades away. The light, you realize, was a spotlight, right? And it's trained right on you. And you're suspended maybe 15 feet into the air above the myriad who's pacing and working the crowd, right? And Dewey, you are getting booed. Between bites of peanuts, lamb skewers, candied hawthorn, fried squid, the crowd in your circus tent still finds the energy to jeer and taunt you. And then flying through the air, just missing, missing the cage by just a couple of inches, an apple core. Uh, and then peanut shells from all directions. The, a banana peel, rotten one, just smacks against the bars. 
and then tomatoes just splash, splash, and smack against against the cage, right? And all of this refuse starts flying from the stands, spattering onto the uh, hard iron bars of this cage, splashing onto your feathers, and some of them even get inside, right? What do you do as this crowd is just booing and throwing stuff at you? Uh, yeah, that checks out. He's, he's going to stay on the ground and try and make himself as small as possible. Curled up. Wings over his face. Okay. Dewey, you are curled up with your wings over your face. Right. And you can hear the myriad under you just go, Step up! Step up! One and all! Look at the incredible failure! Come on, ladies and gentlemen, kids and queers of all ages. Grab your tomatoes, grab your rotten banana peels, and throw them. I mean, this disaster barely even deserves your trash. But we'll make do. Uh, and you realize that a line is queuing up, basically, and the myriad is tossing rotten vegetables and fruits uh, to the audience to throw at you. You know, almost like a dunk tank, uh, but they're just they're just throwing it like at the bars and at the cage. And you feel like gross, mushy things just splatter against your wings and your feathers, right? How is this making you feel? I think he's given into the illusion. Um, he doesn't see his family or his friends anywhere. For all he knows, they've been blown up. Um, he should have been blown up. And he was so sure that the Myriad was someone sent by the URL to come after him and kill him. Um, because that's totally something they would do. But now it kind of feels like the Myriad is just voicing the things that are shoved away in the, in the back of his mind. Um, and all this feels like too perfect of a storm, too targeted um, to be someone else's thoughts and words. So it kind of feels like he's both inside the cage and outside as the Myriad. He is losing his touch. Ooh, I love that. Why don't you take some inspiration for that? For that insight, that dewy insight. As you're curled up, thinking about all these things, slipping maybe deeper and deeper into a pit of despair, you hear a familiar voice coming from the line of people throwing vegetables at you. Uwilani goes, you know what? Give me a coconut. Uh, as Uwilani takes a rotten coconut shell from the myriad, and looks up at you, Dewey. Do you peer through your feathers, or are you are you like unable to face her? Yeah, I think I look at I look at her. I lift my head. As you lift your head and look down at Uilani, whose face is just she looks so disappointed in you, Dewey, but not surprised, just disappointed. Uh, she also looks angry. She looks really resentful of you. And her hands are kind of shaking as she as she holds this coconut shell in her in her palm. And she says, "This is for all the times you abandoned us before you actually abandoned us for real, Cardu. 
This is for all the late nights you pulled working on your next miraculous invention when all I needed was for you to come and just help me with dinner. This is for all the times you brushed me off. Made me feel like I was not as smart as you. Maybe that wasn't your intention, but that's how it came off, Cardu. This is for Hana and the life you're not able to give her. And then Uilani throws the coconut shell at you. Dewey, does it hit? I think he, duck, uh, he like drops his head and it hits him. Yeah. Uh, I think you are going to take three points of psychic damage uh, as, as the coconut uh, collides with your feathers. And then Uilani steps aside to reveal Oka. Oka, what uh, vegetable or fruit do you request from the myriad? Something slimy, kind of like him. One slimy thing, like Cardu coming right up. And the myriad hands you like a like an eel. Oh yeah, Oka kind of like whips the eel around. Uh, and they go, I knew we must have been wrong. <laughs> I mean, I can see Manaya as a paragon. I can even see V as a paragon. I can see myself, clearly. But you? No. Not you, Cardu. You're not good for much, are you? Uh, and Oka throws uh, the eel. And I think it just like splatters kind of like wetly against the bars. And Oka smiles and steps back. Uh, Dewey, how do you react to that? These are was words he would have said about himself, so... Yeah, he doesn't even uh, meet Oka's eyes. Okay. Stepping up to the plate next is V. V, what kind of a vegetable or fruit are you taking from the myriad? I think it's going to be an apple that has a good bite out of it, so you can see the insides are all rotten and, and infested. Okay. And what do you say to Dewey before you throw it? I've waiting this entire time so many months to see you actually contribute something to this group. And I've seen nothing. And then I chuck it. That one hits you square in the face, I think. And maybe it even like knocks you backward and rocks the cage, right? And everyone like cheers, you know, and laughs and jeers at you. The myriad goes... <laughs> Ooh, that one was spot on. Uh, as V steps to the side, and the last batter up is going to be Manaya. What fruit or vegetable do you grab from the myriad? Biggest, heaviest melon, most thoroughly rotten you've got. You've got it, Manaya. Here. Uh, and the myriad hands you exactly that. It's disgusting. Uh, Manaya sort of tosses it up with one hand, sort of effortlessly, and absentmindedly says, In Hanahan's duty is to her people. You've done nothing for anyone but leave and use them for your own personal gains. You aren't to Han. You never were. And Manaya does a spin and shot puts it directly to his chest. Okay. As this rotten fruit just 
rains down on you, Cardew, like splattering you, like coloring your feathers, right? What color is this melon, Cardew? Something like a durian, so like kind of pale, creamy, off-white. Gross. You're sp spattered in this like rotten, pale mush, right? And the crowd jeers as this like cage just rocks back and forth from like the from the uh, the weight of all of these fruits and vegetables smacking against it. And Cardu, 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 tell me, is that enough to make you mark a box? I think he marked a box when everything exploded. Okay. Um, and I think as these things hit the cage, um, especially the last one, it hits with such force that his glasses are knocked off his face. And he like looks around for a moment, trying to look for them. Um, and he's like scrambling, trying to find it when everything is blurry. And he can't find it, and he realizes that like not only are the things far away from him, like his friends, blurry, um, he also like can't see things in front of him. And so I think things just kind of fade into, like everything turns into a blur. And he loses consciousness again. Okay. Uh, how many boxes checked are you at? I'm going to go with five. Okay. Yeah. Cardu, you are also taken by the carnival. Uh, everything blurs together in front of your eyes. You know, the jeering, the taunting, the booing, the last bits of trash, like, flying at the cage, knocking into you. You feel almost, like, a little nauseous as, like, the cage is, like, rocking back and forth, rocking back and forth, right? Your eyes are closed, and you're just sort of, like, curled up, right? And when you open your eyes back up, the rocking motion slows down as you realize you're sitting on like one of those pirate ship rides that fairs have, right? And it's, it's slowed down and it docks. Uh, and you're sitting in a line, right? Uh, to your right, you see Uwalani. Uh, and Uwalani is holding Hana, right? And Hana's like, I want to go again. I want to go again. That was so much fun. And then Uolani turns to you, Cardu, and goes, Cardu, oh, your glasses fell off again. And she produces your fallen off glasses uh, from like a, a pocket and puts them on your eyes. And then you see the entire carnival in crisp, clear detail. A massive Ferris wheel with its fairy lights. Um, a, uh, the midway bustling with games and food, right? Various rides and attractions and performers. And of course, the main attraction, the Big Top. Uh, at the base of the Ferris wheel that so many people are going in and out of and in and out of. And whatever's in there is loud and noisy and beautiful and magical. But you, you don't exactly know what's in there yet. And Uolani just smiles at you and says, Cardu, oh, you look so sad. Always look so sad. Why don't you just stay here with us? Everything out there is so hard, and no one really seems to like you or appreciate you. Just stay here with us. You don't have to think about anything bad if you just keep having fun. I did miss you all. I miss you too, Daddy. Can you get me an apple? One with candy on it? Do you want to go, uh, go play the horse game and maybe we can win you one? Horsey! Yes, 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 horsey! Uh, I bet you can beat me. 
love it. Hana like gets up, you know, and as uh, the three of you scoot out, uh, Ulani goes, oh, and there's Rose. Uh, and like points, you know, and as you turn, right, we cut to the, uh, the fireball did go off. So I'm gonna have you roll damage on yourself. All right. Do I get to uh, roll the deck save part of it, or? Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go with a hard no on that. I, I'm not gonna fight that. All right. So we got twenty-eight points of fire damage. Oh boy. Okay. What are you at? Incidentally. Eighteen. Okay, 18 points. Total Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, yeah. V, your entire world burns up in flames, right? And your mom, whom you're holding on to, just lets out like a, this low plaintive wail, right? As fire engulfs everything. You know, she just goes, Oh, V, if only I'd never had you. And then she just explodes in flames and everything is like just your rage, your grief, everything, right? Your powerlessness just ah, it just comes bursting out of you in this fire and you are just wreathed in flame as well. And there's nothing around you but just burning red fire, right? Even as your flesh screams with pain, even as like you can smell the charred burning of your own hair, right? You don't care. There's just fire everywhere. You're burning it all down. And then, cutting through the fire, is a line of ice. As this wintry wind separates your flames and basically, like, like douses it down a little bit. And standing across from you, the source of this ice breath, this huge gust of wintry air, is a man. A man that you've never seen before in your life. But you recognize him immediately. He's tall. He's got pale skin. And this blonde hair that sort of slicked back, right? And shaved on the sides. He's dressed in a suit, not unlike Sievert. But there's something even crisper about it. His frame is not as big and bulky as Sievert. It's a little bit more lithe a little bit more tawny, right? Uh, and his face looks hungry and chiseled. Your father curls his left hand into a fist and the flames just poof, extinguish around him uh, as just this ice just explodes out from his feet. Do you know what Vasanti means, child? I think V is like literally just shocked right now and like, just literally stammering and cannot I think falls to her knees even looking at this guy Vasanti in my tongue the forgotten tongue of dragons uh, and you see shing, 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 the name of Vasanti appear in glowing runes in front of you and for some reason you can read it Right, And if Dewey were here, he would recognize these runes as exactly the same as the ones on Tanga's uh, inventions. But Dewey is not here. 
And V, you look at these runes and you realize that they, sure enough, they spell out Visanti. V-A-S-A-N-T-I, but in draconic, right? The forgotten ancient draconic of true dragons. Extinct now for many, many millennia. Visanti means chosen. Destined. Prophesized. And with every word, he takes a step closer to you. And with every step, the ground like just sort of explodes and like ice, right? Like his very presence is so cold that the environment can't help but change. What do you say as he approaches you? I didn't believe in any of that. You weren't supposed to be real. Where have you been? Away from you. And for good reason. You're not Vasanti. He approaches you. He swipes a hand through the air, and the A-S-A-N-T-I just disappear, right? Like he scratched them uh, out of fate. And the only letter left behind is V. That's all you are. You are not Vasanti. You are V. A fragment of what you could have become. <laughs> Even if you'd chosen the fates, the fates would not have chosen you. V closes her eyes for a second, and when she opens them, I became V because you abandoned me. I became V, and yet here I am, a paragon of Scald and Nectis. And no matter how much I try to run, I find myself in front of fate. I... Seems like I can't run any longer. Your father looks down at you, right? And just dancing on your periphery is just fire and ice, right? Twining around themselves, right? These, like, icicles with, like, flames wreathed around them, melting the ice, and the ice will come up and blow away the fire. It's like... Two sides of yourself, right, battling against each other. Your father looks down at you and says, Whatever platitudes, whatever lies you have to tell yourself at night to keep yourself going, I don't care. But I hope you know this, V. I don't want you. Sievert doesn't want you. Rev doesn't want you. Your mother didn't want you. She never did. And these new companions you call your friends, they don't want you either. That's all people are good for. The leaving. That's all they do. I think V is going to use the very last of her three sorcery points to make one more uh, level two slot to cast Scorching Ray to just try to blast her father. Okay, that's a attack roll, right? Yeah. Three, if I recall correctly? Yeah, one for each ray. All right, go for it. 24, 15, and 18. 24 just hits, uh, and the other two do not. Why don't you roll damage on the one with the 24? 11. Almost max damage. Okay. That ray. Yeah. So describe to me what it looks like as uh, this one ray hits. 
V is just going to throw out the three raids at the same time and two just go off just to either side and then the one hits straight in the chest and just burns. You just see the constant burning and it's getting real hot between the two of them. Totally. Yeah, I love that. Uh, your father looks down, right? He doesn't even like stagger backward when this poof, this one like ray hits him in the chest. He looks down and like you see you've like burned a hole in his suit and he just goes, ugh. That was a good one, too. Uh, and then he, he raises, like, uh, a hand and snaps his fingers, uh, and the suit seems to, like, mend itself. And, like, the fire, like, the scorch mark that was left behind, like, the smoke rising, is, like, snuffed out. And he says, Power. Power. You want to see power? You want to see true power, V, who could have been Vasanti, but will never be? Brace yourself. I'll show you what a chosen one's power looks like. And he takes a deep breath and blows frost at you. Uh, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. 16. Okay, that is not sufficient. Uh, would you like to, would you like to use inspiration? Yeah, I got one. Let me just, yeah, I'll try it. Okay, Let's see what we, happens. We also have plenty of collective inspiration and an autocrit on the board. This is, yeah, I'm so low. At, I'm going to use the autocrit because okay. I'm so low on health right now. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. That's super fair. So what does it look like as you, as you just crit this save? I think that little spark of confidence about being a paragon, he just stands up and takes it. And um, you know what, actually? She's... Reaching deep down, she has the blessing of Vinash that Oka gave her a long, long time ago, and she's going to use it to give herself like a little protective shield. Oh my god, I love that. Okay, this like electricity crackles around you, and you stand there assured, assured in your knowledge that you, no, you are chosen. You are a chosen paragon of Skad and Nectus. Who is he to call you unchosen, undestined, right? And this cold air just gusts around you and this uh, Vinash's blessing forms this protective barrier around you. But it's more than that. It's your confidence, right? It's the fact that you know you belong here. And this icy cold air, which you know would have like frozen even the hottest flame to, to a crisp, right? Just parts around you. When it dies down, does that? Do you feel like you can erase a uh, box there, or or multiple? <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny because I was just about to put in the fifth box after some of that. So actually, I I, I have one box left open after all of that. It kind of canceled out a lot. So I've got four boxes. Okay, sounds good. And poof, as the air. The, the wintry air gusts around you and then dies down. Your father stands there and you see a look of shock on his face that then quickly melds back into this like perfect composure. And he says, Ch Well, whatever. I'm not real anyway. But that doesn't mean what I say isn't true. And then he backs off as the these dancing images of flames and ice just sort of also fade down and as everything just sort of fades out of existence as he backs off the forest of Clothal jungle begins to grow back into reality uh v as you steady yourself and pull yourself back to reality 
I think with that, V is gonna fall to her knee. Uh, completely exhausted of all magic ability at this point, falls <laughs> to her knees and just like fucking cries. But like, not a sad cry or like a hurting cry like earlier. It was just like fucking just relief. Just right. relief. I love that. And on that, we're gonna have a little coda at the end of the session. We go back to a mirror maze. We go back to a sword, speared through a certain Oka Hie's chest. Oka, you kneel there, panting. How are you doing? Not well. I imagine I have like one HP and it's quickly draining. Uh, Oka, I mean, Makoya just left into the mirror uh, and Oka is still staring after that, like the, the breath, the words, the air just choked, stuck in their throat. You're at four boxes, right? Okay. As you're there just breathing, right? You hear a voice from behind you go, I don't really use swords, but I'm pretty sure that's not what you're supposed to do with them. Uh, as you see, stepping into your view, like reflected a dozen times around you, Kane. Uh, this midnight-skinned tiefling is leaning against a mirror. You're not exactly sure where they are, uh, but they're flipping a coin in the air and like looking at it. They're lounging lazily, right? Their robes sort of like draped open around their chest to reveal those top surgery scars. They're barefooted, and their hair is this like careless mess, right, around their shoulders. What do you do? Oka is kneeling there with a sword stuck in their chest, and I think they still find like the barest shred of will to like look up and over. And they just kind of choke out. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, and Kane just sort of pushes off of whatever surface they're leaning against. And you see all these canes like approaching you, right? But you don't know where the real one is or if this is also just a trick of the carnival, right? Can I use that good old uh, brand of castigation to find, to lock my eyes on the real one? Yes. Uh, you channel this blood magic in you, and it pings, right? Cutting through this hazy series of miasmic hallucinations and illusions. There is the real, actual cane here, and you can sense them. They're approaching you from directly behind you. Well, there's not much I can do about that. I get the feeling that if I move, I'm going to pass out. So Oka looks in past themselves into the mirror, like into the mirror directly in front of them so they can see Kane coming from behind them. I hope you don't mind, but I took the liberty of noticing the little brand you left on my thigh, and I thought I'd follow it back to its root. And my, 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 is this the kind of history you come from? What was that monster? Looked like something out of a storybook. And were those your siblings? How precious. Oka just flinches, I think, and just kind of like turns their head a little. 
What? <laughs> what could you possibly fucking want right now? What I want is for you to answer this question, beloved. Uh, and Kane is now standing directly behind you, right? So you, you're, you're only seeing them through the mirror. They cock their head, look down at you, and they say, What are you so mad about? What's so bad about being bad? What? What do you... <laughs> what do you mean? You know, it's only torture if what they say actually strikes a chord with you, if you try to resist your nature. <laughs> so they call you evil. So what? Embrace it. There's nothing bad about being evil. Ugh, when you're good, you have to follow so many inane, redundant rules. Oh, don't kill. Oh, don't steal. Oh, don't lie. Who cares? Who gives a damn? True freedom, my friend, is when you just accept the fact that you're a monster. I mean, what can happen to you after that? They call you a monster again. <laughs> Doesn't it bother you? You're in here too, don't, aren't you? Well, sure, I am here, but I've accepted it. You know, the carnival isn't so bad. In fact, I think it's wonderful. It's a place we can go to when we feel alone, when we feel forgotten, when we feel misunderstood. <sighs> Scott and Nectus. Excuse me. The ringleaders don't care what kind of baggage you bring in. You leave that shit at the fucking door. We're just here to have a good time. We're just here to party and have fun and be free until the inevitable end of the world. What end of the world? See? It doesn't matter. Come on now, darling. And Cain circles around until they're in front of you, and they crouch down. Don't you just want to be bad? There's got to be a part of you. I mean, you are a precious little monster hunter, aren't you? Oka, their eyes flick from Cain, just like over their shoulder to their reflection. And just like how they, when they first came in, they can't fucking bear to look at themselves and they look back at Kane. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I. I do. I want to forget. I want. I want to forget. Then let's have some fun. Uh, and Kane grabs your chin, right, with one hand, and they lean in. And with the other hand, they grab the hilt of Dream Hunter. And as they pull it out of your chest, right, as this pain screeches against your body, as sort of a salve, right, to make you forget the pain, Cain leans in and they kiss you. Podcast editing is by Marisa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions.
Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and ExplainTrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out ExplainTrade.com. Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransPlanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransPlanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon Paragons. Abigail Rytel, Azara, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Lex Slater, Marvelous, Mitzi, Moonflower T, Purple Mouse, Risa, and Target.